Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We are on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam and Ann here sitting with David Niles y Juan Posada in the studio. Welcome to everybody. Dave, it is good to see you. Hey, Juan, what does Posada mean? Little Inn. Little Inn. So the Posada Novena Mm -hmm. started today? Yeah, we prayed that over at Juan's house. At, at the yeah. At the at the little inn. My, the, the Colombian, not the Mexican one. Oh, the Colombian. The Colombian one, not the Mexican one. He said. Okay. And that is in no way a racial slur. No, that is not. That's just a a, a matter of statement of fact. <laughs> uh, we'll go to the Catholic mantra. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm I'm getting out of here as quickly as possible. Hurry, 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 hurry. Uh, our drink. Yeah, yeah. let's talk about that. Uh. We are having this I evening. I hold it. Can okay. I hold it? Do yeah. you mind if I hold it? I do not mind. We're having the bacon cheeseburger of drinks this evening. I like it. Because, you know, bacon, beef, put them together. They're phenomenal. Yeah. So we're going to do... And cheese, of and course. And cheese, absolutely. No, because you said bacon, bacon cheeseburger. Bacon cheeseburger, yeah. right. I just assume that everybody has cheese. I, I don't know. Like, why would you not have cheese on yeah, your burger? I mean, unless it's, uh, you know, you're dieting. Right. So you're having a diet burger. Right. That's the only reason I can think of. Right. Because it's a diet burger. So we're going to do a, a combination of IPA and whiskey. Boom. Put it together. Because you take two things that are good. You put them together. It's always good. That always works. <laughs> that always works out. So, um, yeah. So that's what we're going to do. This Here you are, my friend. Thank you. It's called Bierski. That's what it's called. Beer- I think it sounds Polish. Beer me a Bierski. Um, it's from 1907. 1907 is a uh, distillery here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They are hoping to have a full-fledged line of whiskey in 2022, I believe. Um, and so this is a combination of um, an IPA in Oklahoma City. I can't remember. Yeah, Stone Cloud. Uh, I was going to say SoundCloud. I was like, nope, that's not right. Stone Cloud. Stone, Stone Cloud. Their IPA. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah. uh, Do not go to that place. Uh, Stone Cloud is re- has really good beer. I mean, like, I'm just picturing a place that has stone clouds hmm. where just people's houses are being destroyed and, okay, you know, all, you know, just rocks falling from the sky all the time. I mean, can you imagine a cloud, how big they are, the size of a stone, all of a sudden just comes hurling out of the sky? It's terrifying. It's called a meteor. Yeah. Uh, so 1907. Scary stuff. Uh, it's called, it's from 1907. So what they've done is they've taken 700 gallons of this beer, this IPA, and they've distilled it with some of their whiskey. Now, this whiskey is not a bourbon or anything like that because it hasn't been aged for four years. But okay. And this is their moonshine version. They've taken, they've taken that dist- distilled 
whiskey and bottled it, but they've also taken half of it and put it in barrels for a couple of years. So here's what they're not doing. They're not taking whiskey that has been distilled and then adding beer to it. They're no. putting the beer in the mash, I suppose. Yes. And then distilling well, it. Well, no, it's a full beer. It's distilling the full beer. Right, but the but the, the mash, mash is the whiskey, Correct. I believe. That could be the wrong term, but it's whatever the whiskey is before it's distilled. That's what they're adding the beer to. Right. So what it, so, so what it comes out clear. Right. Uh and and then they're going to age it in barrels. But what so what the, what it's going to give is it's going to give the it's going to give more of a scotch taste to it. It's really what it's yeah. going to do. Yeah. Um because it's going to have the 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 barley and the corn. And it kind of smells like tequila a little bit. It does like smell a, a little bit. Like a corn syrupy tequila. Yeah. So y- you can the corn is a very strong. Yes. Let's let's try it. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. So here in a couple of years, the ones that they have that, that are in barrels are obviously going to be a darker brown whiskey color. This is, like I said, the moonshine version of yeah. Of what 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 were your initial thoughts? It's very smooth. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, if if you just gave this to me, didn't tell me what it was. I might think it was a oh, like maybe a, a rum or something, uh, like a very your, your initial rum. Say, your, your initial gut would not be whiskey. I wouldn't say mm, it sounds it smell it tastes like they mixed an IPA with whiskey. Right. That's not what it would I would say it tastes like. It's very good. Yeah, it's thirty five percent alcohol, so seventy proof. Right. Yeah. So I was going to point that out that. When you told me about it, I thought, oh, okay, well, this is going to be like a liqueur with, you know, lower lower alcohol percentages, you know, 20, because you're mixing, mm-hmm. you know, you make, you're cutting it with a beer, essentially. But that then you told me, oh, that's, they distill it later on. So it still has a higher alcohol percentage. It's not 40% like your typical... 43, yeah. Like your typical wi- uh, liquor, but it's very good. It's very smooth. It's uh, very interesting. It's It's one of those things you could have and serve that... It's got a cool story to tell. Right. Probably the person you're serving it to has never heard of it. Right. Because I, I, I mean, had never heard of it until today. The own the owner of uh, 1907, who we'll have on as a uh, extra guest for a council of man at some point, mm. um, to talk about this. But he gave me a bottle of this uh, to try because he was like, "Have you heard of beerski?" And I said, "I do not know what that is, but I want to learn." Yeah. And like so, I, like once again, I think it sounds Polish. Right. I'm a big fan of being Polish myself. Mm-hmm. In fact, I spent this morning brewing the, the our annual batch of Krupnik. of Krupnik. Yeah, that's right. Which went very well. It's currently sitting in a large pot. How long is it going to take? Uh, it sits it sits all day, or mm-hmm. it sits for 24 hours, and then it uh, and you pour it into the bottles. That part can be tricky. You know, I think that this drink. Would go would be really good with mixed drinks. Like I think you could make some really cool cocktail mm-hmm. concoctions. I agree with this because mm-hmm. it has a unique taste to it. Uh, it has a little bit of that fruitiness of the IPA because I think it's a fruity IPA. Yeah, a grapefruit and hops IPA. So you can get that a little bit of the citrus, a little bit of fruitiness, um, but you can also get uh, like that that corn. Uh, liquor taste yeah i'm gonna agree with you on that good good um this particular version i'm not sure i would want to sit and drink it straight 
all too often. I think like a, a with a tonic or like a club soda with this. Yes. I think it would be very good uh, with a, a lime. I, I think tonic would be the way to go with yeah. lime. I am a big fan of of that suggestion. Thank you. Uh, so did you wear a rose today? Did you wear I the did. color rose? I did. I have a dress shirt that I bought specifically for Gaudete and Laudete Sunday. Really? Yeah. I wear it also. Just I specifically wore wore, wore the pink mm-hmm. today. Yeah. But the last time I was buying dress shirts, they had a rose pink color. And I said, boom, I'm going to have those two Sundays on lockdown now. Uh, somebody was asking about your Krumpnik. And they, they said, can you give a recipe for it? Now, is this something that like, is your family recipe? No, no, no. We have given the recipe on the Council of Man page before. Ooh, okay, good. So it we, exists. So we'll, we'll we'll share that with the Council of Man. Yes. It's a good family tradition because you and your dad do it, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, and my brother-in-law. Oh, yeah, Drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure your brother, whenever he gets back up here into Tulsa. Yeah. So it's a good, good family tradition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it... It's not really that hard. Um, there's a lot of ingredients. You put them in, you start to boil it, and then you just let it sit there for you know 24 hours. And then you have to try to pour it into bottles. And that part can be a little tricky. You might need help doing that because you probably are using a very large pot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's You can't really... You can just pour it in. You don't have to do anything fancy, but it will be murky. It won't look oh, okay. as... It won't, it won't affect the flavor, but it won't look as good. Okay. Um... So what we do is we just pour it real slowly so that we we don't get the dregs the, at the bottom. The sediments? Yeah, yeah. Because the honey, when you boil it, it starts to scum like this honey oh, foam. Yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> the honey foam is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just can make the... It, it makes it a murky color, so... But okay. yes, we, we, we will repost the recipe on the Council of Man page. Good, 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 good. Uh... Dave, we're drinking, we're talking about virtue today, surprise, surprise. We're revisiting the uh, virtue of fortitude. Yeah. Um, but on, in this segment, we're obviously drinking. Let's talk about the virtue of moderation really fast. Okay, great idea. So uh, virtue is required for every aspect of life, no matter what you do, if you want to get maximum enjoyment out of the thing that you are doing. Um, and drinking is certainly one of those things that if you want to enjoy your drink more, you need to be able to do it moderately um, with the virtue of temperance. Uh, and so temperance might be different for some people than, than for other people. People with alcoholism, obviously, they're not going to drink at all. And that is the way for them to enjoy it the most. Because as they well know, right? for those people, if you drink, if they drink, uh, it's not good. Right. You know, so um, the virtue... Really, a lot of times we associate virtue with like difficulty and suffering and the trials of virtue, but we need to learn to embrace the upside of the virtue because that's that's really what it's all about. But we're having a drink because it promotes fellowship, uh, a good leisure. Glory to God. Absolutely. And that's why we cheers to Jesus. That's right. So when we get back, we're going to jump into the man gear. I'm here with... David Niles and Juan Posada. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.
And welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We are drinking Beerski from 1907 in Oklahoma Brewery. It's pretty good. Yeah, give them a, a uh, shout out. They're, we've had their uh, whiskey on our show before we reviewed yes, their show. Yes, yes. Their whiskey on our show. I because they were the first... They're the first whiskey distillery in Oklahoma, Tulsa. In Tulsa. In Tulsa. Are they in Tulsa or Oklahoma City? Tulsa. I, th- I thought you said Oklahoma City earlier. No, the IPA. Oh, the beer is from Oklahoma City. Correct. Gotcha. Okay, Correct. right. And uh, I'm really excited to see how this does in a couple years. You know, once it's been in the barrel for a little longer, because mm-hmm. um, right now it's still kind of corn syrupy, mm-hmm. and I, I would expect that to mellow out. I would, yeah, and it would have a lot more complex flavors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with more the barrel. Nice woodsy tones. Right. You, yeah. Anyway, so um, we're also now we're going to talk about a skull. That's the man gear for today. A skull. And listen, I was wanting to do this a long time ago, and I got shot down by you. Yeah. And you said this was not a good I idea. I thought it was weird. Um. But but I I pushed today, I pushed forward. Today I'm allowing it. I with fortitude <laughs> I was able to to get this as a man gear today. Perseverance maybe. Fortitude. Uh, I endured. I endured your your negativity for a long time. Yeah, but that's not fortitude. That's perseverance. Well, let's talk. We'll talk about okay, it. Okay, we will. Yes, uh, we, w- we, oh, we, we will. will. Oh, okay. we will. <laughs> so we'll uh, talk about it. So the skull. Okay, we're gonna talk about the, the skull. So it's it's a tradition, a, a Christian. I do think. Let me say. Okay. That the skull is a very good. If if the skull is gonna be the man gear for any subject, it would need to be fortitude. Yes, that's correct. I will that I will say. Okay, so uh, the, and I'll, I'll save why. So the gear the, and and the topic will 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 link, which the, is what we try like to do. They're connected. Yes, because so, it's a it's a circle. Yes, so people put like uh, have a skull on their desk, or they have uh, like a little skull. I know Sister Teresa, um, she always she really is promoting. Uh, you know, little skulls, and she actually has a, a book coming out, a little journal. Like Sister Teresa on uh, Twitter. Yes, okay. who's from Tulsa. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so it's a it's a reminder. There's a lot of Sister Teresas out there. Calcutta. Yeah. I mean, well, there's just a lot of them. Yeah. Avila. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Even ones that are still alive. There's. Yeah, so, yeah. I agree. Um. Sorry. But anyway, so it, it it's a reminder that that we are going to die someday. Mm-hmm. Uh. One of the things that our buddy Ken Henderson has done is he bought a a skull and put it on his desk as a remind as a reminder that he's like he has to focus on everything that he's doing and be intentional about it, knowing that you know his death is approaching. Yeah, and if you want to talk about like an office prop that will yeah. start a lot of openings for evangelical conversations. Put a skull on your desk. Yeah, Just see what happens. See what people say about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm you got to do it the right way. Otherwise, people might just not talk to you at all. Right. You may be the weird guy in the office right. real quick. Whoa. Yeah, maybe don't do it if you're new to the office. Like, maybe wait a couple weeks for people to kind of break the ice on you a little bit before you put out the skull. I'm just saying, prudence. Prudence you know, dictate. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah, just think about it. So, uh... There's there's a saying um, of from Saint Paul, oh, man. I should have looked this up and I I didn't. But it's 
um, from one of the churches uh, that says, if you die before you die, then you won't die when you die, which is a good reminder like that you, so if you die, if you die to self, right. Before you really die, before you really die, you have eternal life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, and the Christian culture, I mean, the Christian like tradition has always been to understand that this is just a, a vessel, you know, like we're, I mean, we're just like here on a ship going to our, towards our final destination. Yeah, this which, is not, this life is not the, the mission. Right. So it's, always, it's not the goal. Oh, it's not the goal. Yeah. Right. It's not the ends. It is the mission. It's not the goal. It's not the ends. Right. Um, so, so it's all, it is very important to, you know, it's, I always enjoy, and I know this is going to sound weird, and I actually, it made me think of this from Father Brian O'Brien's tweet one time. He said, um, it's really humble, or it's it's really invigorating to 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 go to a funeral from a, a Catholic who, who lived their faith courageously. You know, it, it's like inspiring. Mm-hmm. Because you realize, like, this person, you know, fought the good fight. He, he, he wanted to win the race. He... He ran. Ran to win the race. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. I, I can't talk today, I guess, but... Yeah, whatever. It happens. Um. So Word, anyway... Words are hard. Words are hard. So anyway, I mean, I think that that, I think that, that is something that we don't think about enough. Um, I, like, All Souls Day, we always try to go out and pray the rosary at the cemeteries. Yeah. But it is something that you have to constantly... You should constantly remind yourself that I am going to die. Not only that, but you should also be praying for a good death. Um, yeah, that's something. When is that, the last time you prayed for that? Yeah, I mean that's something that used to be uh, a very common, regular thing in the Christian culture. Like your your devotionals were to pray for a good death mm-hmm. to Saint Joseph, I believe. Yeah, he's the patron of a happy death, right? Because tradition says he died in the arms of Jesus. What would you consider it to be a happy death? Like, what is a happy death? What would you think a happy death would be? Um, I would say a happy death is one where victory is. Uh, is the the theme? Victory is the fruit of your death. I would say. Yeah, that's but a what happy what death. does it look like? like? Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it so might it me, might look like a very ordinary. Well, because to me, a from happy what death, perspective? What are you talking about me, from an earthly perspective? Yeah, like for me, a happy death would be uh, knowing, like, hey, I, I only have a few minutes left to get, or you know, I only have a certain amount of time to get my soul right, to be able to make sure I get to confession, to receive the Eucharist, to get the apostolic pardon. You know, to to say goodbye to everybody of my family, to make sure all my yeah. stuff is in order. You know, to be able to, you know, ask for you know any kind of apology that I need to give to anybody that I may have wronged. I mean, to me, that is a good death. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, so maybe I, a little bit of suffering I would in say there. A happy death is uh, is one maybe where you die with peace. You know, if sure. you have peace, then you have a happy death. But the thing is, you might die in peace, just unaware of things you've done wrong. I mean, just because you die with peace doesn't mean that you're going to heaven. No. You know, so... Yeah, I don't know. We it's, have the that's, hope. it's kind of a... Yeah, well, we hope that you do, but um, it's kind of a tough question to answer because it depends on your perspective, you know. Uh, but if you want to have maybe a good thing to do to ponder this would be to pray the, uh, the fifth glorious mystery. Um, no, no, no. I'm sorry, the fourth glorious mystery because the fruit of... Um, the assumption is grace of a happy death. Okay. It's the fruit of the mystery. There was a, there was a, 
I can't remember where I heard this, but there's a an exercise that you can do where you say from today for the next 30 days, in 30 days, I'm going to die. And it's like a spiritual exercise, like to, to prepare yourself, like in 30 days, I'm going to die. And for those 30 days, you take every day at one at a time, you know, and try to figure out what do I need to do to make sure that I am going to, you know, uh, die with how I, how I want to make sure that I die, you know, before I see our creator face to face. And at the end, the very, the very last day you get everything in line, you know, you do whatever you want to do. And then the next day you wake up and it's like, you, you start, you are a new person. It's like a rebirth of a new person, you know, spiritually you you now feel like the, cause the idea would be the last day you are, uh, hopefully free from sin uh, in the, in a complete state of grace. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, maybe even detached from all sin. You know, if you if you can, if you you know receive some indulgences, you know, and and so anyway, the idea would be that thirty first day, you actually are a new man. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I like about the monastic life is that every day, uh, you know, at the end of their praying, all these liturgy, of the hours, the last one is all about their death, and you know, and they they view going to bed as a death, mm-hmm. and they wake up every morning. It's a rebirth, you know. It's like they're going, laying in the tomb with Christ, and every morning they're rising with Him, and you know that's just like that constant reminder. Is a very, I think it's a very good thing because it's all about perspective. Right. You know the things that you do in your life, the things that you know. I do this all the time where I'm, I get caught up, worried about something, you know, whatever it is, and then every now and then I'll just kind of receive a grace to stop and think about. It, the eternal perspective of this thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I realized this doesn't matter at all. Like I'm sitting here, wor- like worrying, wasting my time and stressing out about it. It's like, this is stupid. Right. It literally does not matter. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens to this, like when I'm being judged, this is going to be pointless. Yeah. So I think that's the point of the skull, having it there before you, whether you have it at your desk at work or, you know, at home, if in your office, you know, just a place where you're going to see it all the time as that constant reminder of you are going to die. Memento mori. Yes. So live, live like it. Right. Yeah. And that, I mean that, so ideally it goes back into making sure that you, your family's taken care of. Like how are you interacting with your kids? I think that's one that's going to kill me is like, pun intended, I guess. <laughs> uh, um, like, uh, I shouldn't be messing around on my phone so much. I should be spending yeah. more time with my like my family. I should be yeah. a, a, a father to my kids. You so know, I should... I'm reading imitate the imitation of Christ right now. Thomas Kempton. Yeah, but the unabridged version or not? I think it's abridged. I don't know. Okay. I got it. Someone it was a gift a long time ago. But he talks about how when you're judged, the hour of your death, you will wish you could have one more hour of life so that you could suffer. You know, you could offer something to God. You could. Ha- Give him more suffering, you know? And so I know that at my judgment, I'm going to look back on this life of easy, this easy life I've lived, wishing I had offered something more up. I know I will. Yeah. Yeah, especially you. Yeah. So anyway, we are going to talk about uh, fortitude when we come back. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise thine glass.
Welcome back. And I mean it. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Welcome. You've got mail. What? The way I said welcome... Made you think? ...was just like, oh, that's just like that old AOL voice. You remember AOL? Yeah, that was cool. You could get all those free CDs at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. When one was done, you just used the next one. <laughs> uh, so we're drinking a little bit of 1907. It's a beer... Whiskey mix, Would, beer ski. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's called a beer ski. To me, it's a whiskey that has like beer as part of the for right. in the beginning. But it's it's way closer to whiskey than beer. Correct. Uh, we talked about the skull a little bit last segment. This segment, we're going to talk about. You know, we didn't we didn't mention is where do you go to get your skulls? You know, and yeah. how much do you have to pay the guy? At, yeah. At the uh, not your neighbor. Don't go to your neighbor. No, no, don't go to your neighbor. I mean, I would recommend going down to the morgue. But you know, it's like, how much do you have to pay that guy for yeah. a good clean skull? Yeah. What What's the going rate? I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad you don't know. I'm not going to tell you how I got mine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to talk about fortitude today, and the reason why I wanted to discuss this is because for several reasons. One, I I'm in the process of reading through all of the summa, the second part of the Summa on virtue that St. Thomas Aquinas wrote about on virtue. Okay. And it's, it's always... incredibly you, boring. No, it's actually really good. Well, no, no, it's very good, but it's like not... It's like when you start reading it, you realize, oh man, we did an episode on fortitude. I wish I would have said this. Yeah. No, you, no, no. I didn't I, say that. I know all about that. Yeah. I like reading the Summa on subjects like oh, i want to know right. about this stuff i don't want to just like open it and start reading it. you have I to just... read it the right like for me to read the summa you have to do it a certain way anyway okay. that's yeah that's your uh, one the other one is I've, I've been reading this book Juan, go to the beer cam real quick if you could please the beer uh, cam the beverage, uh, beverage cam. cam yeah uh it's the four cardinal virtues by joseph peeper i'm like, huge fan of the huge peeper. yeah huge fan of the peepster as i call him yeah uh, it is such a great book I, it's one of those books that it's like, why has, why did no one tell me about this? He's, you know, people know who he is. Smart people know who he is. Right. But I think in another 50 years, everyone will we'll know, know who, who he is. is. Yeah. Right. I right. think, I think he's going to be someone like that. So uh, anyway, so let's, let's talk about it real quick. So uh, St. Thomas says that fortitude as a virtue perfects the mind and the endurance of all perils whatsoever, but it does not go so far as to give confidence of overcoming all dangers. Okay? Uh, this belongs to the fortitude, that of the gift of the Holy Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's a virtue of fortitude, and then there's the gift of the Holy Spirit of fortitude. It's one of the gifts yes, of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So they're different it's, things. It is unique in that, that there's the same word. Yeah, and, and two different things. it's not the same. Which is why it's so important uh, as you're raising children, because what what happens in confirmation? The Holy Spirit reinforces the vir- uh, those the virtues that you begin, like the gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit are, are reinforced in the persons. But if you don't, if you haven't cultivated those virtues, the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives isn't as like efficacious because you haven't been able to, you haven't worked on them at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I am. That's what uh, I am a big proponent what, of uh, confirming. Way, way earlier. I don't. I, I think we shouldn't be waiting till high school. 
hmm. for confirmation. I yep. think we should be doing it much, much sooner. But the reason, yeah, kind of to that is that the reason I think the skull is a good thing to talk about today because at the end of the day, fortitude has to do with your death. Like mm-hmm. a, a fortuitous act, act, is that right? Fortuitous? fortuitous, yeah. Okay, is one that you could die. I mean, like you're, right. you are facing the peril of your own death, death. Mm-hmm. in Typically, doing whatever you're doing. What, uh, Aristotle but, was talking about specifically on like the battlefield. Right. Is what he was talking about. Well, even when we did... Um, uh, Magnanimity. Uh, no, magnificence. Giving oh, away all the money. That's what I meant. Uh, so St. Thomas reckons that as a subvirtue of fortitude because at the time you give away your money, all of a sudden you're poor, you're going to die. Right. You know, if you don't have the land, you know, if you have land to live on, maybe you have a famine. I mean, back then there was no, you know, there's no, there's no socialism. There's, right. If you run out of food, you're going to die. Right. So ultimately, it's about vulnerability, right? Yeah. Uh, fortitude with is, is with vulnerability. And let me read this to you, and I want I want to get your, your thoughts on it. Okay. I, 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 will, not, I will listen. You have not uh, heard this before. This is from Joseph Pieper. This is on the Four Cardinal Virtues. Uh, I would highly recommend it as a book for Christmas or, or just go read it. Uh, it says, the essential and the highest achievement of fortitude is martyrdom. Yes. Okay. And I love and it. And readiness of martyrdom is essential root to all Christian fortitude. Without this readiness, there is no Christian fortitude. Boom. That's yeah. I lo- I just oh, you know what I want to put it, I want to put it in my will that when I die, I don't know. Actually, I'm not even sure you're allowed to do this. But like, what if you put it in your will that when I die, I want my skull to be on someone's desk? That's probably that's, yeah, probably that's probably not a respectful no thing of for the body for the body. No. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But, I mean, okay, when I so die, it, it, I want a very, replica of my skull to be made. It's very tough to think about, uh, like martyrdom, in America. You know, like yeah. for us, like mm-hmm. to me, that's that's tough to think about. Like, ideally, sure. If you ask me right now, yes, I'm ready to go. Yes, okay, so I've done this where I think, yeah, I would totally die for God. And one time I was driving, and I was thinking about this, like, yeah, I would be, I would absolutely die, for the faith. And then I think I received a grace to actually think about it where it was like okay what if it was right now Mm -hmm. it's now i'm being called to do it right now and all of a sudden i got like super afraid and like no i well i i can't die now Mm -hmm. and i started thinking about well who's going to take care of my family who's going to take care you know i i have what about my kids what about my girls you know Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that i i don't want to wouldn't but i was just afraid not for myself but for them Mm -hmm. uh and then i realized I think I've mentioned this before on this show. Uh, it was like God was saying, look, you think you take care of them? Do you take... Mm-hmm. It's like he was saying that to me. Do you take care of those kids or do I take care of them? Mm-hmm. You know, and I realized that if God was calling me to be a martyr, um, then he would take care of my children. Mm-hmm. He would take care of my wife. He takes... I mean, it's... I'm just the pathetic instrument he uses to care for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he would... He would find a way. So it's interesting. So uh, Saint Polycarp, you know, he had a a book on 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 Christian martyrdom, right? And okay. so and they said that the gift of fortitude. So there's a a physical and a spiritual uh, virtue of, of fortitude, right? And the the spiritual Saint Thomas says is all about the gift from the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. The physical is kind of uh, you working with the, the virtue, Holy, the virtue part. Okay. Okay. So, but they said we should do one on the spiritual because I'm not all I'm not actually all that familiar with 
the difference, you know, what, yeah, it what was the very, spiritual Well, it's is. very interesting when you start reading about all this, right? And so he was saying that there were some Christians in the early days that would jump up and try their, their best to, to be martyred. Like they, yeah. would, they would put themselves out in uh, imprudently stepping out to be martyred. Yeah, well, there was a whole, like, uh, there was a guy, I forget his name, but he led a group of people down to the, you know, they were in Rome. And so they went to, like, said, hey, we're Christians. We're here to be martyred. And uh, the guy who led them ended up recanting the faith. Okay, Im- so I'm, the I'm, glad you, I'm glad you said that because here's what here's what Saint Thomas says about that. He says that that is not the gift of of of, right. for, of fortitude of from the Holy Spirit. And he says that those people who put themselves out of the, to go out of the way to put themselves in the face of martyrdom uh, will not be able to endure uh, the suffering, and the Holy Spirit will won't interact through yeah them. yeah martyrdom is not something to be sought after but something to embrace when it comes to you and endure yeah so so there's two acts of uh of of fortitude endurance is the primary and aggression is the other okay and this is actually one of the reasons why i wanted to do fortitude because the idea of aggression to me was very interesting okay as a for as an act of a virtue you I'm, know act I'm, of i am interested tell me okay so endurance is not how we typically would in, like think of endurance. Uh, l- l- let me read you. So it's a, not like running a race, right? So let me see. Let me give you this. Okay. Uh, this is this is what how Saint Thomas describes it. endurance is to stand immovable in the midst of dangers rather than to attack them. It is grasping and clinging to the truth. Okay. So it is. I, I love that the stand immovable. So it is. You are stand. It, it is like I am. Not changing my position. Okay, so uh, would you say that the endurance part of fortitude is the intellectual side of, of fortitude? Mm. Just grasping to the truth? No, I mean, because you have to physically do it. Okay. I mean, it is literally, it's immovable. Like, you are not moving on this. So, but to me, that still is It's an, It's like it's carrying the cross. It's like carrying your cross. Okay. It's a, embracing suffering. Just maybe just the way you worded it right there. To me, it sounds intellectual i am i know the truth i'm standing firm in it i'm not going to deviate from the truth i will not be swayed you know away away from it that's not necessarily a physical thing as much as it is you know endurance of the mind yeah it's like but it's not like an active like you're not actively going out like to me you know endurance like running the race i'm gonna endure i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna run like it's not necessarily this act of this moving forward it's more of this immovable i am being i am standing i'm doing right i'm I'm not moving Okay, it still sounds intellectual to me, but that's well, that's maybe fine. it is. I mean, I, I, you know, I hadn't really thought about whether or not it was physical or intellectual. Okay, but that that is an interesting, interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then aggression is the secondary and employs employs anger, and anger that is moderated in accordance to reason. So anger is not necessarily because it's emotion doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing, um, but it it is so far as, as to make sure that you are. Uh, Focusing on the end, which is the good. Okay. So at some point you have to say, it's not a passive stance. At some point you have to say, I have to go move forward. Okay. Into the breach. Forward. Yes. Anyway, when we get back, we're going to continue talking about fortitude. I have a thought experiment for you. I'm excited. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. He's doing something new today. He's wearing glasses. One thing you might not know about Adam is that when he was like 23, he just started going blind. He could see fine before then. I don't know if he could see fine. Maybe he couldn't. Maybe you've always had bad vision. You just didn't know it. People who have glasses, I've, I've heard that story a lot. They say, I always thought everybody, everybody had bad vision. You right. know? You can, but then they get glasses and then they say, you can see the individual leaves on the trees. Yeah. I didn't think anybody could see that. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Anyway, you have glasses. You normally wear contacts. Correct. Did you, are these brand new? Did you just get them? I did. Uh, my, end of the year, medical expenses. I was either going to be able to buy glasses or get rid of, you know, lose the expense. Yeah. So buying glasses to me, oh, that would, that would really stress me out. You know why? Too many choices. So many funny choices. Story. Okay, I, I got to tell you this funny story really fast. Make it quick because we're burning into fortitude right now. Okay, I went and bought glasses. I picked them out, came home. I made the epic mistake of not asking my wife ahead of time if she liked these glasses. Not these, but the glasses I bought. Okay. She said, I got home. She was like, no, you're not doing these glasses. I do not I do not like these. I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not. I'm, I'm not, not a fan. Yeah. So I had to go not back. Not living with a man with these. And I like had to swallow my pride and I went up to the guy and go, listen, man, I made a huge mistake yesterday and he like got all wide-eyed and i go i bought these glasses and i didn't even ask my wife if she liked them and i was like i really need to get new glasses and i can't buy another pair can you swap these out for me i bought them yesterday he's like yes i can do this one time he's like but make sure you take pictures and send to your wife this next pair so that way we don't have to do this again he said nice nice where'd you go to get them robert zellner or the dr z okay anyway so it's not like Anyway. Okay. Uh, so we're talking about fortitude, right? That's funny. Yeah. Um, so she likes these glasses. She likes these glasses. I want. Uh, do you have any pictures of the old ones, like later? Can you show me? I just maybe. Wanna, like were they Batman glasses? No, they were kind of like these, but they were just darker framed. Okay. Anyway, so we're talking about fortitude today. Uh, here's my thought experiment for you. We're, we're talking about, what, you know, let me ask you this. I'm putting on my thinking, my thinking brain right now. Okay. So what is virtue? Virtue is the habit of doing the good. So in order to, in order to exhibit fortitude in order to exemplify fortitude fortitude you have to have the opportunity to do so correct uh i'm you not can, i'm not sure that i would say that because we talked about this with magnificence that maybe you could have the virtue without ever having practiced it well you ha- you would have to do so- like you'd have to do something in order to to continue growing in in fortitude yeah i mean i think that if you exercise the other virtues well because I mean, magnificence is like a sub virtue of of fortitude so it's like if you're growing in certain aspects of fortitude, you'd be growing in the, the sub-virtues as well. Right, right. Or if you're just learning to die to yourself in general, right. then I could see that you are somewhere else growing in fortitude where you're learning to actually die if the, if right. the moment... It's okay. like baby steps. Right, yeah. So I'm not sure... Ask, ask your question again, because I'm not sure I would say, yes, you have well, to in have... Order, in order to grow in virtue, you have to uh, do it habitually. Yes. You have to have opportunities to do it habitually. You have to have opportunity to grow in some virtues, yes. Okay. Um, specifically, St. Thomas is talking about the physical in the physical realm of fortitude. He's talking about it in the aspect of war and okay. battle. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. In today's age, we're all moving towards drones, artificial intelligence combat, all this stuff, right? Yeah. Non-person combat. Mm-hmm. Okay. At some point possibly in the future we're getting so into non-person combat that 
men and you know, people do not have the opportunity to grow in the virtue of fortitude because they they never put in this idea of fear of I'm going to I'm about to die. Is that something that like in future where it would it would literally change war tactics of of everybody's doing artificial intelligence stuff and then somebody has to come in and say with real people coming in and attack. Well, I don't know because it's not like yeah, we're using drones, but we're not just attacking other drones with the drones. They're trying to kill people. You know, like we send missiles now. The missiles aren't shooting other missiles. The missiles are still going to kill people in a bunker somewhere. Right. So, you know, I could still... There's, but that's like... I mean, it's like... Boom. Yeah, but and the people you don't, don't know that it's coming. Right, but so I think they still have to know going to work that, you know, hey, we're fighting and, you know, I'm in the bunker. I know I'm in a bunker. I go to off, I go to work in a bunker. Right. Because I realize people are trying to kill us. Right. That's why we've made the bunker. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not sure. It's certainly not as effective of a training tool as being a winged hussar and putting your wings on and getting your spear and then like just, you know, like in every epic movie where the two teams, two teams, the two uh, opposing forces charge into battle. I mean, like that is obviously a much different situation. Right, I'm agreeing again, with you yeah, in that way. Because again, it goes back to the vulnerability. You have to be vulnerable in order to exemplify mm-hmm. the, the force. You have to be put in danger mm-hmm. uh, in order to exemplify. And, and you feel safe in the bunker. Right. That's the thing about right. a bunker. You don't feel the same way as being on a front line. Mm-hmm. Right. So at, at some point, they're not going to have the opportunity to to exemplify fortitude. Yeah. Like in the old days and like the British days when they would just stand there and shoot each other. Yeah. Like. like Stupid. The Revolutionary War. Like, okay, so my. Why so would they I, just I played stand this, there? I played this out in my head, and like I actually duck talked, or something. I talked to Thomas Lackey about this, and he ended up blowing this argument up really fast, um, because I was saying like, w- I asked him like, I laid out this scenario to him, and then I said, so, could it be at some point in time the per- the, the the country that has the most people in it that are willing to do hand to hand combat? Who, who train in hand-to-hand combat where they have the opportunity to continue building up the virtue of fortitude, would they be able, like, would they be the most dominant force at some point in time? Because the other people, you know, ideally would, would be just messing around with drones and everything else. They've never been in a scary situation where they couldn't exemplify fortitude. Would they be dominant? Like, would it change war strategy so much to where the people who are most hand-to-hand combat end up winning? No. And he said no. No, I mean, look at the Japanese. They sent kamikazes. Right, but that's... And that didn't. That was not an effective strategy. It was not an effective strategy for actually winning the war. Just because you have people ready and willing to die doesn't mean that you are a, a more effective... Well, and also, the most virtuous person doesn't always win. Yeah. I mean, like, the drone is just going to kill all those people who are really good at hand-to-hand combat. Because the thing about drones is they don't come up and fight hand-to-hand distance. Right. They're, right. they're like way over there and they just shoot you. Right. And it's like it's, your judo doesn't stop bullets. Right. But I mean, it was just a thought experiment. I mean, it was yeah. a hypothetical yeah. and it was something that I met, like thought about for a while and then realized that that's probably not accurate. But mm-hmm. it is interesting to think about the idea of uh, not having opportunities to to work on the, the virtue of fortitude. Okay. So w- what is, again, tell me what the aggression is. So the aggression is is uh is it employs the anger that you have. So 
the example anger? the example would righteous be righteous anger righteous anger that is yeah that is uh uh moderated in accordance Saint Thomas with reason presumes you know obviously that if you're going into war it's a just war and you're doing so for just causes you know if he's sitting here mm-hmm. talking about the virtue that you possess mm-hmm. then obviously uh you're doing so out of righteous anger right uh, so to I mean, defend the, you know someone's dignity or you right, know so whatever right so Christ who who is uh perfected all virtue with, you know, whenever he, he came into the temple, at some point in time, you, it's all about standing up for the good. The end has to be the good. It can't right. be the, how tough it is or how hard of a virtue it is. That 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 doesn't rank on, on virtue. It's always it's about the end of yeah defending uh, the innocent. Yeah, defending the or truth, of, justice. Of good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Christ coming into the at the end of the day, war has to be fought out of love, which is a weird thing to think about. Yeah. Uh, so you're doing that, your aggression. Yeah. So at some point in time, like you, the endurance is the primary, right? We, we talked about the, there's two acts: endurance, and the secondary is aggression. Okay. Uh, at some point, you endure so for so long, but the the good is still not being uh, achieved. As far as like you know, you can sit there and, and take it on, but the end is not justifying the means, kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so the secondary would be aggression. So like when Christ came into the temple and saw that they were uh you know money changers and they were they were making tons of money he went yeah. and flipped tables and chased people out with whips his anger was a justice anger in accordance with what is good which is supposed to be what the temple was really created to be right thus that would be a a, a uh, prime example of fortitude so uh, because it was the it, act of uh, the, so at some point fortitude takes on the uh aggret- the aggressor, you know, the right. You're not just sitting there defending yourself. You actually attack. You actually out attack. of out of the virtue of fortitude. fortitude. Yeah, which is interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd love to, to continue talking also about the uh, the idea of the spiritual side. I only we only have one minute, but the idea of the spiritual side of, of fortitude and like prayer and how that is efficacious enough, like as far as uh, enduring in mm-hmm. prayer and how yeah. long you can endure in prayer. Anyway, I'd love to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's true because, you know, we think about, oh, I'm under attack, but really we should be the ones doing the attacking. You know, like the gates of the hell, hell will shall not, not prevail. prevail. Right. Like gates don't attack you. Right. You, gates are the ones under attack. So the gates of hell, they're not attacking us. We're attacking them. Right. So anyway, I mean, it'd be, fun to, it'd be fun to talk about that. But in a real sense, in a, in a way of growing in, in fortitude, I think that, Men need to make sure to uh, pray regardless of how you feel, whether you feel like you're pre- you should pray or not. Uh, you should be um, offering up fasting. You should have a, yeah. a, a pray for specific things. Yeah, and have a, a, a scheduled fasting regiment. Yeah, I think that's very important. Yeah, um, and so I think it's the little things that you have to do, even if it's like. Uh, I'm not gonna have a soda today. I'm gonna have a water instead. Mm-hmm. I'm and offering that up and saying I, I'm gonna deny this good for the greater good. Yeah, and being able to do those things in the moment as well, outside of your schedule, because, impromptu. Because then, whenever you get uh, you have that opportunity, that moment maybe of actually dying, you've been trained for that long of, right. of, of, of to the good. Because you won't be able to schedule your death probably. Right. So, anyway. We had a little bit of 1907 beer ski, talked about the skull and the virtue of fortitude. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus.